Oh, fuck. Now it's him again. It's Uncle phone? Dale. You can what leave a message. I'll go back to bed. Listen here, tough guy. You're not going to tell me you're not swimming here. Because there's crocodiles. First of all, I don't believe you. Second of all, crocodiles don't stand a chance. I got them before they got me, buddy. Like you lock eyes, you get those reptiles. And we're ready, ready, let's go. Don't hang up on me. I know you did it because I I was talking about the crocodiles and then, you know, whoops, phone's gone. Well, here we go. I didn't jump in yet. Whoop-de-doo. Get down here because I'm going to jump in with the crocs because it's none of your business if I swim here or not. Yeah, you missed it. I threw a whole ham at him. Uh, I threw a whole ham and the croc. He got it. He got it good. You know, I hit him with a stick, too. When he came up, he got the ham, and I hit him with a stick. And he missed it. He missed it, Bob. You, you gotta come before I jump in. He's all, he's full now. He's not gonna hurt me. He's uh, He's got the ham in him. Got ham and a few muffins. I threw some blueberry muffins. He ate those. I, I had one, too. I hope you don't mind. It's all right. Uh, anyways, Bob... Why don't you come, why you come feed crocodile with me? Oh, fuck. You know, I lost my fingers. You know, you said it was going to happen, and it did. I didn't lose them all, though. You know, you can come out of here, Bob. I'll be fine. I only have 4%. My phone battery left, so I'm going to call Martin. And Martin's going to come help. And don't call an ambulance. I have drugs here. Welcome to We're Doom Podcast. My name is Brandon McIntosh, as always, here with you, telling you all the apocalyptic news out there in the world. Here with me is Boy, Tyler Schaffner. a lot of it. <laughs> oh, I know. It's uh, it's really piling up here. I can't keep up. Yep. Uh, uh, let's just start with uh, local things. Like Me and you, we're Zooming right now because we can't afford to drive to meet each other because gas prices are ridiculous the highest uh, the, we, we've ever seen in our lifetime i believe right yeah absolutely it's breaking records every day we've but, I, you know this is and i feel like the maybe the east coast the west coast might have seen something like this before this well is, and it's even worse on in both those places right now than it is here but like you know me i'm a driver i don't i usually don't mind driving anywhere most of my money goes to gas but wow. i couldn't even make it out to your place today how many people are googling uh, electric cars and horses right now it's like all the alternative vehicles motorcycles scooters well, even What's... if you lived in the city you got transit and stuff right you that's got... right the buses and subway systems but i live in the middle of fucking nowhere and have relied on my car what I, if you get like a, a a solid electric scooter you think take me a while but take I you a while <laughs> we can even ride our bikes hell if these prices just get worse over the summer like me and you we can just like meet halfway in a cornfield and do this podcast you don't need internet yeah no i i would do the bike ride if i get a good bike uh the ride to london it's sucks but it's not that bad i heard doug coning did it from hamilton to london i know i can't believe it doug fucking well doug's in shape he's a fit guy but like that's a he told me it took him a few hours but i'm I'm about halfway so i could probably do it if it's an hour driving i could probably do it in three hours on a bike no i I picked up my bike from uh my uh my girlfriend's parents house today and i'm just like i'm well I'm going to get a lot of use out of this right now. But my bike is still in a hundred pieces right beside my bed over there. (laughs) I know you got some motivation, right? Yeah. I should probably fix that bike up because I'm going to need it this summer. I I wonder, would it be more efficient to get a horse if you have a place to store it and you can get a good source of hay? Like how much is hay? Horses are expensive and boarding a horse is expensive for like the barn feeds and stuff. But if you have your own barn, I guess, but hay is expensive. Like unless you have your own hay fields, 
But yeah. I, do, you, do you think we're going to see more people, just regular people, relying on horses again? Not city people. Like, out where you live, you got Mennonites. Like, I, I've seen, like, people riding up into Norwich on horses. <laughs> it's a regular occurrence <laughs> to see a horse around here, you know? There's a there's a hitching post at the Tim Hortons. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like maybe it'll start with more country folk that live amongst the Mennonites that will take to it. Like my cousins, they live right next door to Mennonites. So it's, it's easy for them just to pick up and just start riding horses. But if you're going to do that, you got to pick up your horse's shit. Yeah, absolutely. I hate, <laughs> gonna... when, you're, I hate when you're driving and they just like hit a pile of horse shit. <laughs> What's the big deal? It's not like you stepped in it. It's your car. Yeah, it gets all do you feel tires. like you stepped in it? A little bit. Well, some of the horses have like, you know, like just horse carriage rides in New York and in Quebec City and stuff. They have like this bag right under the horse's ass. It just catches the shit. A horse diaper. Yeah, I feel so bad for those horses. Like they're just looking around at all these cars. They're like, why am I still here? But like, might might, might be a comeback. Horse and carriage. Might have to be. Why why are we seeing these crazy high gas prices? And is it gonna stop? Because what I've heard is it's not gonna stop. We're gonna see two bucks by next week, buck ninety, yeah, two bucks, two ten. Yeah, it's, it can't sustain. There's no way it can. People aren't gonna go anywhere, they're not gonna spend money. No. Our economy's gonna crash. It's not gonna be worth going to work because it's gonna cost people too much money to drive to work. I know this is it. None of this makes sense. This this cannot work. They need to up people's wages. Yeah, and there's and it's not like that's going to flip over in a week either. No. And like, what do us poor saps do? Are freelancing trying to find jobs every day? No, no one wants to hire us right now because <laughs> no. they can't afford it. No. But uh, that, that's that's the way the world is right now. And the economy is crumbling. It is crumbling. And it, 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 it's because of the war, the war in Ukraine. The war has something to do with it. It is, it is sending shockwaves across the world with these sanctions on Russia and Russia retaliating with sanctions. And just and it, it's all these little ripples. They just cause these it's they hit everyone. It affects everyone in some way. We're 10 days into this war, and I didn't think it would go 10 days. It's 10 days. It feels what? longer than that just because. I don't know. I've been kind of glued to the coverage and it's, I don't know. I, I, I will admit right now I've cried twice watching videos. Really? Yeah. Wow. One was just like a, a toddler oh, seeing yeah. his father for the first time. I'm like, Oh God, like that tore me through. And then another was just the wreckage. It was just like how much shit's been done. I'm yeah. like, Holy fuck. I'm like, I've, I don't really cry much. <laughs> I'm not yeah. a crier. Yeah. Maybe because I've been home alone for two days. My girlfriend went to Montreal for a bachelorette party. <laughs> You're letting it all out, watching the news. It's me and my cat. Weeping. But it, it is sad. Like, yeah. And I, I there are some pictures that I saw that got me close. As soon as you see kids standing on the street of a war-torn country, it's so sad. Yeah. Innocent fucking children. But the craziest thing that happened yes just yesterday was that or maybe was it two days ago when they took over the nuclear power plant, which is the largest in Europe, because they went to invade it, they were firing on it. They actually started a fire that they managed to put out. Yeah, people are very afraid about this, about these like maybe attacks on nuclear power plants, because like even when Chernobyl went off, like we felt the effects around the world. Yeah. So like if they fucking yeah. blow up a nuclear That's, power plant, it's going to fuck Yeah. Up. If they fuck with this one, it's going to make Chernobyl, Chernobyl look like spilt milk. It's going to be where nothing. Is, where is Chernobyl? It's also in Ukraine. Right. Russia also has control over Chernobyl. So they're, they're basically honing in on all of their energy sources. <coughs> they're going to have complete control over it. People are working at gunpoint at these nuclear facilities to keep them running and they're going to shut everything down. And they, they don't only, they're not just connected to Ukraine. They're connected to all of Europe because that's one of the biggest power plants, right? Right. It's, so it's, it's crazy. Gonna, what's it's going to shut off power. And if that, if that of thing Europe. went off, if Russia blew up that power plant, that, that would have been world war three starting right there. Yeah. But 
that's every day there's something that almost costs like we're so close well yeah no this is the precursor <laughs> we're, so close. we're in the fucking precursor of a world war it's like putin is trying to he is trying to he's waiting he's like he's a madman someone's got to take that man out <laughs> yeah yeah but anyways i saw a really funny interview with a, a so someone fleeing his city. I know that's sad. There's a bustle of people fleeing their city. This British reporter, she's like in full getup to an armor. And she's interviewing this, this young guy. He's like 20. She's like, are you okay? Did you make it okay? And he gives like the okay. So he's like, I'm okay. He's like, I smoked the cannabis for 20. Legalize it. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, it, like it doesn't, she, she doesn't process this reporter. Right. So she's just like, Okay, are you and your family okay? And he's like, are you American? You legalize weed? We want to legalize weed. He's trying to just turn this whole conversation into like weed. As like, There's like people fleeing bombs. Why not? Might as well talk about everything. I'm like, I'm <laughs> glad this guy's just chill. But like, fuck. <laughs> it's uh, good to have a giggle while watching news coverage of the war. Well, there seems to be some people in pretty good spirits about their war that they have to be in, you know? Yeah. Isn't the guy who runs the Ukraine like a comedian or he does he some comic stuff? Like He is. Didn't you listen to the episode with Yvonne? <laughs> that's what I we talked to, about. I listened to parts of it. And oh. that's that's where I got. Well, I knew it before I listened to that. But, um, yeah, I saw some videos of him and stuff. So, so I'll ask you the same question I asked him. If uh, Canada were, were to elect a Canadian comedian as prime minister, who would you elect? Who would you vote for? Uh, like a current working current in- dead any any time any time period. Current working in I I voted for Norm Macdonald. He's dead. What I know. I said dead or alive any any it, time period. First thought goes Jim Carrey. Yeah. And then second thought is Mike Wilmot. <laughs> yeah two different they would approach it very differently <laughs> yeah uh yeah the, the country will go absolutely insane under jim carrey <laughs> it'd be a fucking wild no, but it ride would, there'd be a free spirit aspect to it, it all there would there, be. yeah like he would Wilmot legalize would be a every drug. More paranoid about everything <laughs> wilmot would want to just smoke weed and then be paranoid about everything but he'd yeah. be funny about it <laughs> yeah i feel like like norm mcdonald would just be the ultimate Gives no fucks, takes still bullshit, just like all right. Yeah. And then what about America? What can he, what American comedian should run? Chris Rock. Great answer. <laughs> Yvonne yeah. said uh Dave Chappelle. I yeah, said, Chappelle probably better than I said Bill Burr. Yeah. I could just picture that. It would be really funny. But uh yeah, good answers. Fun, fun questions. Yeah. Um, but right. yeah, that's fun. At least there's somebody who's funny in power. All right. So the continuing uh, war in Ukraine, keeping us all paranoid. Keep an eye on that. So let's it's get into some other. Uh, yeah, let's get into some other word doom news here. Um, first, uh, uh, we didn't talk about UFOs much in the last one. So first, I like to say the Canadian government is now in the works of creating a UFO task force, much like America. Uh, I don't know. You since, already have one. Well, the the American government had that secret program that you know that's that's why there's this kind of semi disclosure happening. Was the uh, this uh, I forget what the acronym is for it. They're always changing it. But anyways, they're starting a new program, and they're basically every four months they have to put out a report on UFOs. So. They're looking into news research. They're like diving into old cases still, but like every four months they have to present Congress with a report. So that's crazy. Like this is, but at the same time, it's the government, right? This is, it's going to be a totally just fucking made up department. We're just going to, a bunch of made up studies so they can get this, slide this out of the way. No one's going to know the difference. I don't trust the government. In the hands of this, but anyways, the Canadian government wants to take their their stab at some kind of UFO task force, some some kind of department that studies it, takes reports, like serious report. reports from like pilots and military people. Well, yeah, because there's been a lot of reports in Canada throughout Canada. Yeah, um, Vice uh, recently just released a huge article about 
uh, with a PDF you can download of over like 2,000 uh, reports in Canada, spanning yeah, like 40, so, 50 years. Out on the East Coast, right? There's a lot. People yeah. People see them all the time on the near Halifax. And so I'm definitely going to download that giant file and read all of it, and I'm super excited. Well, you're probably going to drive to a lot of these spots and do a little med- <laughs> meditation on the hill. I know. That's uh, that's the hope, right? That's yeah. the thing. I've been trying to, I've been keeping my eye out for UFO settings during this whole Ukrainian war thing because, like, every war in history, there's been an abundance of UFO sightings. Starting that's with what the, I was just going to say that. Like, how long until we see a UFO step in and stop them from blowing up a nuclear power plant or dropping yeah. a nuke? That's, that's what I'm hoping would happen. They're going to step in when something extreme like that, when there's, when the planet is at extreme stake. And it's going to cause a nuclear winter. What if they just decide not this time? Not this time? <laughs> well, they what, let... what if we just get a message from the UFOs, from the aliens that say, eh, you guys figure this one out? Possibly. They, they've probably let it happen before. If, if there's been a civilization, something observing us, some kind of intelligent phenomena we don't understand observing us throughout our whole history... They've let it happen several times because we've gone through so many different disasters. They let it happen. But this is something we've created upon ourselves. This is something totally different. Right. So if there were something up there watching, by the way, I mentioned this with the, I told this to Yvonne, like there's a huge amount of UFO sightings uh, around nuclear facilities, both power plants and missile facilities. Like, like, uh, like really intense stories, like told by military officers, people working at these facilities, like witnessing it, like right. going public with it. Like they have nothing to gain, but getting this story out there. Right. Right. So it's, it's, it's possible if, if someone hits the button, these aliens might just stop it. Cause like, it could be a disaster that, you know, they might want to preserve what's happening on the planet. Like, even though we're destroying this planet through climate change and it, it pumping carbon dioxide and shit into the air, like, yeah, this might be the ultimate destruction that they might actually put a stop it, to. It might be the thing they need to step in, and then we'll have it all captured on video and stuff. Because that's the thing about this war is everyone's recording it on cell phones and shit. It's crazy watching, yeah. Like seeing all these TikTok videos on fucking in the Ukraine of just soldiers just dancing. Yeah. Dan- There's like a Russian refugee dancing with like a Ukraine soldier. I'm like, what the? F- I'm not a refugee, it, like a Russian, like a Russian like soldier of war, or prisoner of war. Like not a lot of other big wars have had. I know like the wars over oil and the wars in Iran and Iraq have had that, yeah. but not like this sort of a war. Which is like, and and the cool thing about that is you're seeing a lot of people in Russia go, we don't fucking support this. That's incredible to see. That's what gives me hope that like, they're going to, there's going to be such a rise up because even, even though there's so much propaganda being pumped into them, these sanctions are going to hit them so hard. Like they're going to be like, I don't, they're going to be like, I don't care what's happening in this war. I don't care what it's for. Like this need, like. This needs to stop. <laughs> yeah, like, why has nobody shot the guy in the head yet? Just, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, it should have happened by now, right? No, someone's gonna poison them. That's that's the Russian way. They're all they all they're all working like poisoned, like CIA agents. They're all fucking poisoning people. Yeah, you're right. But it, well, yeah, yeah, that's the KGB, right? Mm-hmm. Shoot a needle in your leg. That's Russian, right? Yeah. i don't know i get little bits and pieces no no problem but yeah that's pretty much the only exciting news i had uh i don't know there's oh this is a fun one this comes out of south africa so south africa female students scream roll on floor over evil spirits that it seem seemingly possess them so this (laughs) it's a high school so all these girls are in grades eight to ten there's at least 20 of them rolling around on the ground, screaming and wailing, saying they're possessed by a demon. Or they dropped acid. Or it just sounds like a great way to get out of school. Or is this a TikTok trend? I don't know. 
because it said this happened at a, a another school in South Africa only two weeks pre- prior. The same thing. A whole group of female students fell to the ground screaming. They said they witnessed this, this dark creature that was making them weak. That was the one quote from one of the girls. You know, is this a, some kind of demonic possession or are they trying to get out of school? Could be both. <laughs> Could yeah. be both. They're just yeah. like experience this horrible demonic possession. And next thing you know, they're sitting at home eating ice cream. They're like, oh, cool. I got half the day off. Yeah, then they start doing it. Like, if they start doing it every week, then someone's going to catch on and be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can only do this, like, once a year. All right. You know, pick the right day to do it. Do you do you remember doing pranks like this in school where, like, you would all drop the shit off? And you, like, all dumped your pencils on the ground at the same time? and Yeah, shit like that. Yeah, um, this is way better. A lot of like everybody squawking like birds or making arm part, part noises. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh th- these girls have us taught yeah. still. We used to like, yeah, or like flipping all the desks upside down. I used to like flipping stuff upside down. You know that we did that to one of our roommates in college once, flipping everything upside down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he I wasn't thought. too he, he wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> I used to like flipping things upside down. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, what's on the what's what's on the upside down world there, Tyler. What's on the other side? That's oh. a, this is me trying to transition <laughs> into our upside. main topic. Oh, our main topic. Our main topic. We haven't had a main Scary. topic. Scary. Yeah, you brought up our main topic to me earlier and got me thinking. Got you thinking. Well, I gave you two options. Gave you two options. I but I kind of sold. That. I tried to sell you on the one just because I've been reading a book about it. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Our uh, main topic this week, we're talking about near-death experiences uh, and other bizarre experiences associated to that, kind of like past life, future lives, and uh, just what's on the other side? What What the fuck's going on? What's death? What's happening? It's a tricky thing that humans experience life and then death happens. Yeah. Have you, have you ever had a near death experience, Brandon? No, I've, I've never almost died. I've like almost gotten into accidents that could have caused death, but avoided them couple close calls close yeah, calls that one, yeah that one where you fell off that cliff off that diving board yeah i fell off just the right way and i didn't hit my head and probably would have killed me it would have hit a rock but no i just smashed up my feet real bad <laughs> yeah i'm feel, i'm touching the scar right now it, it it gets all fucked up in the winter it gets real sensitive yeah your brain's not in your feet but had you done another like one like a another flip you could have landed on your head instead of your feet. And then you probably would have been a lot more fucked up than you were. That would have been it. That would have been it. What were you doing to cause that accident? Uh, I was just being a drunk teenager. (laughs) Hanging off cliff boards. Hanging off a diving board over a cliff. uh, Inner Kip, Ontario. We've all been there. (laughs) (laughs) We've all made mistakes at inner Kip. (laughs) All right. Um, But yeah, that's, that's scary. And but you've never had any actual near death experiences, no. Um, other than psychedelic experiences that could be seen yeah. as a near death experience because there's a lot of similarities, those do no. feel those do feel like near death experiences or give you some sort of feeling of being near death, don't they? Yeah, so like the, the general idea of the near, you know, I'll just explain it first. I, I know you got a good near death experience, Tyler. <laughs> I, know I don't you, have you, any real ones. I've been like, probably, I've always been, I've always been just a couple inches away from death. Yeah. Yeah. You've <laughs> always danced with the dance with the grim reaper on the edge of the, of the plane of existence. And yeah, we're buds. Yeah. So we anyways, I'll just read this Wikipedia explanation. So the near death experience is a profound personal experience associated with death or impending death with which researchers claim share similar characteristics. So these are people that die or are clinically dead and are brought back to life or have such a traumatic 
injury or experience that they basically become out of body and uh, experience death. Uh, so, and this happens to, this is reported between t- 10 to 20% of people who have, who have died and been brought back. So like cardiac arrest patients, this is a statistic, statistic they took from different places all over the world between 10 and 20% of people report these near death experiences. Yeah. Which is a crazy number. And these are just the people that take the time to like report it. <laughs> How and, many people and, and are to process the trauma of it being a near death experience. Cause some people have it happen and then they just like, they deal with this trauma their whole life and they don't realize that part of that trauma is because they had a near death experience. Right. Yeah. And it, it's, it's amazing what it does to people, like the transformation it has for people afterwards is it's incredible too. But you, yeah. you have, you've have an experience, you've have a similar experience you say. I, I don't know where my experience is. Like. I actually, I know someone going through one right now and I don't know how much I want to talk about it, but it uh, it's tough for a lot of people. Um, I know someone who was stabbed like a week ago and really? when it's, when it's uh, you know, when it's uh, something like that, where it's caused by somebody else, the amount of mental trauma that's going to happen is crazy. And, and they're doing well and they're, home now and surviving um and going to survive but like close calls like that are scary when it's uh inflicted by another human you know i watched i was watching a netflix show last night about a girl who almost like got beat to death and yeah death experience buried alive even people that have been buried alive by bears are you with us at one time we met a guy we met a guy at a bar one night in toronto that he I think I told, <laughs> I think I told you that story. Oh, no, no, we met, we met a guy. He was friends with James McDonald, I think. Was he? Yeah, we were talking to him at the bar. He was a tree day. planter, right? And he got, I don't know if he was a tree planter or if he was just out west, but he got attacked by a grizzly and the grizzly like cut him all up and then buried him. Then okay, because I heard a story of a tree planter. This guy had a bear tattoo on his back. And he, same thing, he, he played dead. After coming across the grizzly, the grizzly, it didn't mess him up or it like put his mouth around him and like, like bruised him up pretty good, but basically dug a hole and put him in it and buried him. And he said he just laid there for like 20 minutes and then he dug himself out. It was a shallow, shallow grave. (laughs) Yeah, no, the bears do that. I think it might even be a common thing, but I remember talking to this guy who just got back yeah. from that or something but but, where, uh, but your uh, mind goes somewhere it's like you're when you're as if your mind knows you're about to die it tries to escape the pain like it tries to completely have your mind leave your body yeah or you could die like myself i've had a number of concussions and that's not the same really as a near-death experience you just get your bell rung well, a bit didn't you almost uh overdose on morphine on morphine yeah, but that was inflicted in a, a hospital setting. Um, but that was scary. And that and there's um I've compared that experience to also um we've been open about our psychedelic drug use on this podcast. I've compared that experience. It was negative it was like being I was being like shot through a tunnel of death and screaming and i had to be strapped down by the doctors and stuff and i thought oh god i was gonna die and but i compare that a little bit to our dmt trip but the dmt trip is a little more calming than than that one but then also um because i've uh experienced um a surgery for a kidney transplant when i was a kid there's something very similar between something i felt during the anesthesia process of that and our dmt experience so I think just whatever your mind goes in those places um, yeah. is preparing yourself like you yeah, could yeah. die. And then also just going through something like a kidney transplant at a young age, you come out with a new lust for life and a new appreciation for life, which I think yeah. is ultimately what the near-death experience gives you, right? Yeah, if you, yeah, if you, it brings you to the brink of death and you're able to come back and you have this experience it's 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 groundbreaking and the fact that you brought up that 
a tunnel. You saw a tunnel in both cases, both with DMT and that morphine. <laughs> yeah, and morphine. Uh, yeah, DMT is super common to see a tunnel, a portal. Like that's what you break through. Like in my DMT experiences, I've both broken through and I've both only passed path i've gone past the tunnel wasn't able to get in it it, it is bizarre that's to all, i know it sounds strange yeah. you you have way more experience with that than i do mine was the same thing shot through the tunnel got to the gate and didn't go through the gate but that was enough to yeah sometimes you just meet the gatekeeper and he's like buddy you got too much baggage you're not going in today sorry the, the doctor is does not want to see you i still felt like i was downloaded with a bunch of knowledge but not enough to go through and really sort yeah. that knowledge out. <laughs> you got to decode it. Yeah. But uh, anyways, um, so the near-death experience. So here, these are the common traits that, that people say they experience. So a sense of awareness of being dead, uh, a sense of peace, well-being, painlessness, positive emotions. So they're, they know they're dead and they're pretty stoked about it. Um, so these out-of-body experiences, perception, you're able to see your own body. So the most uh, common near-death experience stories come from hospitals, mostly because there's medical professionals there to kind of verify and back things up, ver- verifying that the person's dead, right? Right. And this person's able to see themselves basically floating above themselves. Like they're like basically on the ceiling looking down on everything. That's yes. a very common which experience. I had with the morphine thing. I do remember Crazy. that. Crazy. That's being awesome. Above, being above myself, looking down on myself in yeah. the hospital bed. So that's that's a story that there's thousands of stories like that. Um, my my dad right now, he's dating a woman. She, she used to be a nurse and she was telling us a story that she had a patient. Um, she was there for, I think, she had heart condition or something. Um, anyway, she entered the room one day and she was completely purple, she said. So she ran out. Um, she like hit the alarms. And it was emergency. So they, they had to resuscitate her or whatever. She was dead for like a few minutes, brought her back. So she comes back a few days later, uh, just bring her food or whatever, just check on her. And uh, she's super happy to see her. She's excited. She says, my angel, you're here. She's like, you're the one who saved me. So this woman is like completely unconscious purple when she entered the room. Right. But she's watching her from the ceiling. She's able to see her. She sees the nurse come in and she's able to describe every, everything that happens from that, that point on the doctors rushing in then bringing in the machines and bringing her back to life. And she watched it all from the ceiling. (laughs) That's a, And that's a super, super common story. Yeah. Yeah, very similar. I was above my bed looking down and, like, saw the nurses and stuff, like, strapping me down and stuff. Like, very similar. And that's very common. So, like, what is that? Is that your soul leaving your body? Is it you want to get religious about it? Or are you floating up to heaven? Where are you going? Well, with that's it? the thing. Like that, I think that's where the concept of the soul has come from. Of people oh. experiencing this before, people having these experiences. I think these are the bases of uh the soul and the idea of religion and passing through oh, because absolutely they've probably always happened, you know, some fucking yeah. caveman gets attacked by a saber-toothed tiger. But yeah, he doesn't, uh, doesn't really kill him, but he sees himself being attacked and leaves his body, then comes back, you know, because it yeah. takes a lot for your your heart to shut. Your heart's got to shut down. Your lungs got to shut down. And then ultimately your brain's got to shut down. Right. Yeah. But like people can lose their heart and then they bring the heart back and the brain hasn't gone yet. Yeah. Completely. Like. But there's like, like when people are gone for like several minutes, there's cases people are gone for like 10, 20 minutes. I forget what the. There's some famous woman, she was dead for like 45 minutes or something. That's or crazy. they, it was some crazy operation they had to do to get rid of an aneurysm where they had to drain her blood and like, com- like bring her body temperature down to some crazy temperature, basically kill her for a period of time. I'd hate to be someone who has to determine whether someone's dead or not. Yeah. I've never, I've never had to do that. I hope I never have to do that. But like, 
you know, like doctors or whatever that are like, yeah, check, you check the pulse, you check the blood flow and the oxygen. And you're like, oh, like how long? <laughs> like how yeah. long do you wait before you put them in a but, pine box? But uh, let's let's continue down this journey of the app of dying and the experience of it. Uh, the next experience is a so like I said, the tunnel experience or entering a darkness. Or a lightness, a sense of moving up or through a passageway or staircase. Staircase to heaven. Or stairway to heaven, sorry. It's not staircase to heaven. <laughs> it was last That's week. The... We also couldn't figure out Led Zeppelin songs. <laughs> we don't. We like Led Zeppelin. I swear to God, we're fans of Led Zeppelin. We're not posers. We're not posers. We're just stoned, okay? It's been a while. In a, while. Uh, uh, a rapid movement toward or sudden immersion into a powerful light, a being of light. light. So that's very similar to the DMT experience as well. This rush into the, when you break through into this, it, it's just this huge who like when it happened to me, it felt like all of my blood turned to ice instantly. And I thought all of myself recoil out the back of my head and just shoot straight up in like a beam. And I was just gone. And like, I could not feel my body. It took a little, a few moments where I'm like, okay, I'm still breathing somewhere. I felt the sense of breathing, but I'm like, that's, I'm not there. But it's, it's similar right. to what I'm. You, you hear that all the time. I, I so, see the light. Don't go towards the light. You know, when people are dying, they tell them not to go towards yeah. the light. Like you're supposed to run away from the light. So there's an intense feeling of unconditional love and acceptance. That's nice. Now that's now that's psychedelic drugs. Yeah. See, this is <laughs> yeah. I could just be reading a list of things you'd experience on an intense psychedelic journey. It, yeah. It's unbelievable that they're how similar they are. <laughs> like I've thought about this before, but I've never gone through this list. But uh, so anyway, encounters of beings of light, beings dressed in white or similar. Also, the possibility of being reunited with deceased loved ones. Uh, angels. You get yeah. religious about it. That's angels. Or you get uh, spiritual about it. You know, that's talking to the almighty one. Yeah. Uh, is this is this like, is this, are you going to a place? Or is your brain just creating this ultimate finale like ending scene right like you're dreaming every night you're going to this dream world it, what if it's this dream that just it's like your final experience it just sums everything up it's like congratulations yeah. you lived your life it's like the credits well, that, that's always that's always the uh the biggest question is it whether it's real or whether it's like a, a conscious trick or it's your brain is it a, a simulation are you going to wake up and you're just going to be in a room with your friends you're like, how was does that? It just start over again. Yeah. Does it you just come back and you start over and you don't know that you've died? Maybe we're dead right now, Brandon. We don't know if we've died. Um, That's another thing. Have you, have you ever had like a dream like that? Like a dream where you've convinced yourself in the dream that you're dead? Yes, I've had that yeah. multiple times. But like I never I either wake up or if I die, nothing really happens. <laughs> like it's normally yeah. I have a lot of dreams about tornadoes and nuclear war. So you can only imagine how my dreams are right now. So, no, but I, I, I mean like a dream where it's just like all black or all white and you can't wake up and you're telling yourself to wake up and you're just like, no, I'm just stuck in this all black hole. I think I'm dead. I remember having it real bad one time years ago. I was just like, well, this is what death is. And I, enough that I accepted that I was dead Jeez. in this black hole that I was in. In Weird. Were you were you sick at all? Oh, By chance? Uh, I've always kind of been sick. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I had an experience as as a kid. I flew really bad for like two weeks. Like I was out of school for so long, and I had I had some I had hallucinations, like full on hallucinations. I remember standing in the shower and I closed my eyes and it felt like I was on like a roller coaster or some kind of like crazy, you know, in like Indiana Jones, <laughs> the yeah. temple of doom, they're going through the mine and like the, the, the fucking carts on the rails. Yeah, I would yeah, see definitely. that when I closed my eyes, I was like 10 Donkey years Kong. old. I'm like, Oh, this isn't, I don't know were what's you, happening. Are you playing a lot of Donkey Kong? I don't, you know, I don't think you know, so. You know, Donkey Kong country. With oh the, yeah. 
It is very similar to that. <laughs> but I would have dreams at night. They were so bizarre. They were, I've never experienced anything like this since. But it was black and white, just shapes moving around. And they were like counting down to something. Something was happening. And they're all moving around. They're all busy. And I was amongst them. And I just, I've never felt so much terror. It was so weird. Just for shapes and black and white circles and triangles. Uh-huh. It, it, and, and yeah, which is also very fractal, very, very psychedelic, very DMT like when you're seeing that, like our yeah. brains create this anyway. And like one of the greatest mysteries and the only guarantee of being alive is that we're going to die. <laughs> so yeah, like, we all it, have in it, common. It's, it's programmed in us already to think these things and to dream these things and to experience these things that are what we consider to be near death, but nobody really knows what death is because none of us have done it. And the ones who have can't talk about it. And the only two people who aren't going to experience it are Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk because they're, (laughs) they're working their asses off. So they don't Don't die. (laughs) They're they're putting so much money and effort and research into like, uh, like uh, just living forever. Just the science of uh, anti like reversing age and just, it's good good luck boys like is maybe going to space helps i don't know yeah that's weird but um yeah the idea of yeah coming back and being someone else is interesting too uh the the idea of having a past life a future life i've been reading Uh, yeah those are those are the weird ones and i know the book you're reading covers it and there's a netflix series that covers it yeah, we're like a kid will be born and he knows a bunch of stuff from the past, and it's like he's somebody who's died. Yeah, there's a yeah, the book I'm reading, I think it's I forget what it's called, it's by Leslie Keen. She's like, uh, she's this awesome journalist, she just goes after fringe topics like UFOs and the afterlife. And she, <laughs> this Netflix show that she's in, like, I love that show, like, half of it seemed kind of fucking nutty. Like, you remember Is she, that? she in that show? She is. You okay. remember the remember the blonde woman who was uh she was she was channeling ghosts and spirits. Oh, the little the little boy. Yeah, Jimmy, she said, Tommy, tell me, Jimmy, tell me. Yeah, that, yeah, that one was yeah. fucked up. So Leslie Keen, oh, she, I was embarrassed to find out that she was endorsing this woman and was just like so on board because this book she wrote is incredible. It's a, it's there's cause there's a lot of research on near death experiences and she went through a lot of incredible cases, but she's believing this blonde lady is just like, I'm she's like, I'm Victoria. I am a, I am a sweet princess from 1843. And just all these yeah. made up weird characters. When they start talking, when they start like thinking they're possessed by the ghosts in the room. Yeah. And she just channels other people's loved ones. I, I just remember why she's like, all right. She like, she tires herself to this chair. It's Velcro. She keeps saying yeah. it's Velcro. I, you, if you, if I escape, you'll hear the Velcro. And it's like, okay. But then they start playing this super loud music for like two minutes straight before the thing begins. I'm like, easily you can take off the Velcro without anyone hearing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they start going around the room and just whispering in people's ears as they're like blindfolded and tied to their chairs. Yeah, it's it's Tommy. Really I am Tommy. Would you like to eat a hot dog? <laughs> Tommy hot dog. But yeah, yeah I, that it, one that one was weird. But then, like when you hear of like uh, you know kids that are born that think they're like old fucking Vietnam fighter jet pilots and stuff. Yeah, or the um, my favorite's the kid who thought he was like an old uh, like uh, it was like an agent in Hollywood. <laughs> And he used to be oh, like an yeah. extra in movies. In like the fucking 30s or something. Yeah. And like this kid just like went full on. He was just like walking around. He's like, ah, mom, see, you got dinner ready yet? I'm, I got I got some movies to make later. He, he'd like go to school and just like you try and cast the other kids into yeah. movies that weren't happening. But I guess those aren't near death experiences. Those are uh, reincarnation Yes, they're 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 associated though. It's just this idea of someone died and they're just somehow their personality is and so somehow there's a small child. Yeah, their soul reaches the uterus of a pregnant woman and then the kid is born with that person's soul. Yeah. And 
I know there's the idea of, yeah, easily these parents could have made up this huge elaborate story. But the ones that they really focus on, they just, it just doesn't make any sense how they would make it up. There would be so many elements at play to make it work. There's so many people involved in the story that it would just, there's no way they're all in well, on it. There's there's a pretty good chance that this is all some sort of a simulation. And like, have you, you've read books and seen things about this where it's like consciousness isn't singular where it's more of like a grid, you know, where it's like it lays over top of each other and there's just all these grids of consciousness. But if you know anything about like a grid, if you go over one line and like up two lines, you can find points in the grid that connect. Right. Yeah. So what if consciousness is just this, netting like picture like a a tennis net or a fishing net just (laughs) like overlaid with another one and each intersecting point is a person's consciousness but like let's say like that consciousness is overlapping another consciousness that's overlapping another one that's beginning this new one but this stuff kind of just leaks through the netting into one per in like funnels into one person. Am I making any sense? I read about it. In, I read about <laughs> it. In man. I'm, fucking divine. I'm listening spark. really hard. I'm listening really hard. You know that Graham Hancock yeah. book, Divine Spark. He talks about that in much better words than I can decipher. But it makes sense to me. And it's that same feeling as when when you do a bunch of mushrooms with your friends or with a bunch of people. You do just feel connected to all consciousness and that consciousness is less singular than we think yeah. at all i mean so like because of that there is a way that things can funnel through that netting and you know some war pilot from vietnam can start talking through some six-year-old kid born in the 2000s yeah maybe it's just like uh maybe this happens to everyone maybe reincarnation is just a normal aspect of life everyone just reincarnates yeah. So, yeah, like when you die, your soul just falls through that netting and gets caught somewhere else. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a bit of an old soul myself. Yeah. Like, what do you think your life used to be? Like, do you have weird experiences as a child that, like, you (laughs) were, you you lived a different life that you did? (laughs) Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel? You think you're reincarnated? I also believe that. No, I mean, no. I, you I post mean, a picture of Evil Knievel every week. I'm like, I'm worried about you, Tyler. <laughs> he's, just, he's more of a hero. This shouldn't be your hero. <laughs> I, I'd be doing more crazy stuff if I was actually reincarnating. I just think he's a fascinating person, and and absolutely one of the first daredevils. I just think daredevils are fascinating, and I wish they I could are. be more of a daredevil myself. But I think I'm getting too old for it. You're a daredevil on the stage. Sometimes, but I, I wish I could jump more things on a bicycle, but there is that element of fear and that element of fear of dying, which like that comes with that with like, and I like, I am lucky that I have done some pretty crazy, not even that crazy stuff on bicycles and on motorcycles and stuff. And and I always love that adrenaline rush of like, oh, you got away with it whenever you land and you don't hurt yourself. But then I fell enough and I've hurt myself and I've broken bones and smashed out teeth and gotten concussions where it's like, you don't want to die. <laughs> but, yeah. but like that fear of being a daredevil of like cheating death, somebody like uh, Matt Hoffman, like is a great example. Or oh, I get it, man. Just uh, adrenaline rush. Travis Pastrana, like I was thinking the other day, like I'm in my early 30s, but I got it. I think I might get into jumping out of planes. I might go get in the skydiving. <laughs> and yeah. so, I like all those guys do it. Like I was watching videos of Matt Hoffman base jumping off of the fucking bridge over the fucking Snake River Canyon where Evil Knievel jumped and he was like base jumping off of that. And I was like, fuck. I love watching videos of guys skydiving. I'm like, and I've never done it. I'm like, I got to do it soon. Yeah, you think you're going to do it? You'll be attached to a dude first? You got to do it attached to a dude. I know someone who became like a professional skydiver, but like, I don't don't know. I've never done it, but like lately. I've had no desire to ever do that. I always have, and I've never just, I've never gotten the balls to just go do it. I wanted to do in New Zealand. They have like some of the world's biggest uh, bungee jumps. 
but they're way too expensive. I'm but like, what those people are getting every time they do it is a little fucking dash of that near death experience, right? You're jumping out of a fucking plane, yeah. you know, you're you're feeling like you're about to die, and then you pull the chute and you don't. Hey, and then you know, why, that, why do you why do you ooh. think I was jumping off cliffs in Interkip? Right? Yeah, the same it, feeling, that little no, exactly. yeah, that few moments of free falling. So I like jumping over fire on a bicycle or something like that little moment of like, you could get hurt. You could die. It, that adrenaline rush of passing it, it is exciting and is a rush. Um, and I think it's something that people should do more. I don't, I don't think people should live being afraid of dying or getting hurt, you know? Yeah. So and, I but I think, yeah, the closest thing. I feel like it's an expensive hobby too, though. Jumping out of planes. Yeah. But like, if you had to, if you had to guess, if you were someone else in a previous life, wait, did I already ask you that? He did ask me that, <laughs> and I, I kind of said evil Knievel or some sort of daredevil, which I think is probably true. Some sort of. But I, I'm trying to. Yeah, I remember uh, seeing a video of you wrestling a raccoon, and you had a mullet. So I'm just like, hmm. I was like six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty daredevil. What about you? Who? What, what are you? It's probably in your family too. A lot of times, it's probably a family thing, right? Like it, in your bloodline. It, it could be. It could be totally random. Like, look at I, these kids. I thought they were fighter pilots and and uh, old movie producers that died like forty years before the kid was born. Yeah, that have no relation to them or whatever, you know. Yeah. No, I'm an only child. I've always had a wild imagination. So God, yeah, it could it could have been anything. Uh, I'd get really into my Halloween costumes. I remember I was a ninja one year, and uh, the ninja costume, and I got it like a week before Halloween, and I wore it all week, and I would just run around the neighborhood at night. I would like sneak out of my house. So, like, you're saying you're some sort of ninja? Ninja? Some sort I, of? I might have been Shiloh. some kind of samurai. Yeah, I've samurai. always been like, as a kid, I was just. I don't know why I never took karate. I don't think my parents let me. I probably asked. I don't know. But I was always into that. But for like a week before Halloween and a week after, I never took that costume off. And I would sneak out at night, run around, ring people's doorbells. I'd jump through people's bushes. I just had the desire to do that. So maybe I was a ninja in a past life. I guess so. Sure. Sure. But then like... The follow the next year, I was Batman for Halloween, and I did that same thing for two weeks. I was Batman for two weeks. So you know, it'd be weird if you if you have, and I don't wish this upon you, but if you have a near death experience soon in the next couple months or a couple years, and you come back as a ninja, then we'll know that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm gonna go jump out of a plane though. I might look into it this summer. That sounds like fun. But I feel, uh, like I, I feel like I need to. It's been on the list, and I've, I just I should have done it by now. I don't like I don't like like roller coasters and stuff though, and I get motion sickness, and I don't even really like flying. But every time I fly, I think about jumping. Uh, <laughs> and every time yeah. I'm like really high up on a bridge or something, I always think about jumping. So I think I got to get that urge out, <laughs> and not like a fucking. Yeah, you gotta buy yourself a, a parachute. I think you gotta get yourself uh, a parachute. Well, they, I think they provide them. If I get really into it, I'll probably get my own. But you have to you have to do it like hundreds of times strapped to the guy before they let you do it without. Like there's a lot, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. I guess you gotta really like that guy. If I get girl. into it, if I get into it though, I would it might be something I get into. It might that might be my new hobby for the rest of my thirties. Well, I met a guy I met a guy in Australia from Canada and he, that's what he does and like he did over 100 cool. jumps in like when he was in australia i'm like holy shit and that's what they do they just they, they spend days just jumping over and over again they jump Dude. they land the plane lands they get back in they go up again they uh, like, a, sounds a expensive girl, a girl i went to high school with is like does it i think she's an instructor now she jumps by herself she's done it thousands of times um and then like i met these guys 
when I worked at Panavision, it's like a big thing in the camera department in Toronto. I don't know if it is anymore, but like these old camera operators and first cam assists, there was a bunch of them that were just into base jumping. And they would tell me these stories about going around Toronto and like climbing up like buildings that were being built and cranes and doing like, you know, like stealth fucking missions where they're going to get fucking arrested if they oh, do. Oh, yeah. I met that guy. Up. Yeah, he's got the blonde dreads. There's you ever a couple, work with yeah. There's a couple of them. It's, it's like a, there's a group of them that do it, and they all work in the camera departments, like on big movies and stuff. They're all like Panavision guys, but they all love jumping off of fucking like cranes and bridges and shit around Toronto and stuff. And and they would tell me stories. I was like, yeah, I should do that. <laughs> I don't know about that, Tyler. The, the, the guys who do like the low altitude jumps, like the base jump and stuff are gnarly. Like some of the stuff that Matt Hoffman does is, is pretty low. <laughs> like he doesn't have much, like you jump and you throw the shoot right away, like that kind of stuff. It's pretty gnarly. All right. So a lot can that, go wrong quickly. Is that your it, retirement plan then? <laughs> I don't know if it's my retirement plan or like my little midlife uh, hobby. Mid, your little midlife end life crisis. <laughs> oh, it doesn't have to be if I survive. God, that sounds <laughs> you know, terrifying. That sounds near, so scary. Death. See how close hey, I can get. Cheat that's it. right. You know, reading all this stuff, you know, we'll wrap this up here. Read, reading about all these near death experiences is absolutely it's it gives me a lot of optimism of <laughs> the afterlife like something's going on there's something i'm terrified it's going to be just nothing because it's so disappointing it's just like ah like this is all we had but it doesn't seem like that's the case and these even though there's scientific studies into this uh this is not a popular belief in popular this is not in popular culture at all this Obviously, it's very, there's a lot of religious aspects to all this. You know, religious people obviously believe elements of this. They think they're going to heaven, they're going to hell. But I think you're going somewhere. And there's enough evidence of it throughout history, going back thousands of years, people having the same experiences, either on death or having these psychedelic experiences or putting themselves through like uh self like self-torture and like there's like uh dancing rituals where like people would dance for like 12 hours straight till they would like almost die just to reach these states of consciousness where they're yeah. essentially reaching heaven and states of ecstasy yeah no people do that with like working out or like cycling or yeah. whatever you know they just push their mind and their body to that point and of I death <laughs> And I think our our culture, especially Western culture, has this just a uh, just terrified view of death, and just there's this bizarre culture around it of just how to treat it once when people are gone, like the whole business behind funerals and just graveyards and and grieving and 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 the idea of like people like obviously religions are harmful, <laughs> and but this, there's a spiritual aspect to it that that is there that it's ancient and it's always been there and it, it's tied around these experiences of of death and of mystic experiences that are happened for thousands of years so there's something to it yeah and i like that positive spin right like death doesn't yeah. need to be a negative thing if 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 you want to believe something good happens afterwards yeah and, and maybe just, it is just an evaluation of who you are as a person here so if you've done some shitty stuff. Like we didn't talk much about the other side of things. So things being awful and going to a, a yeah. place full of demons, ripping your soul apart. And, well, that's another, know. that's, you know, bringing up the psychedelics again. That's there, there's so many similarities there. Like yeah, if you're I mean, having some rough shit in your life and you, it's, it's, you're very, if you take psychedelics, it could very well turn that on you and force you to face some of your worst fears and some of your worst experiences. But yeah that's it's good for you if it's good you know, for you, you as terrifying as it could be it's i've had those experiences and i've only learned from them I'm like I always learn from them they didn't happen for no reason yeah. 
Same with that time I overdosed on morphine. That was pretty scary, yeah. but I, I learned from it. But then you get psychedelic experiences where you're with your friends in high school at night sitting by a river, and suddenly a basketball player is at, uh, emerges from the edge of the woods, and you don't know what to do, and you start crossing the river, and you ruin your wallet, and you ruin your cell phone <laughs> to get away from the basketball player that's slowly walking towards you. <laughs> you shouldn't have had those things to begin with. And it's your friend Kyle, and he's just wearing basketball shorts and a basketball jersey, and yeah. And you, then you just laugh. So yeah, that that that's not similar to death, but I've had other experiences that might, you know. So I those are my sim those are my near death experiences. They're just psychedelic experiences. Well, that's good. At least they're um, voluntarily and induced. And they were all positive in one way or another. I'm gonna jump out of a plane. Yeah. I'm ex- yeah, I want to see that. Make sure you get footage. Oh, I think they film it for you. I'm going to look into it. Maybe if, uh, I, I think I got some buddies that would probably do it with me. Future sure probably do it. Nice. Do it. Um, All right. Well, we're we're doomed, but we're not so doomed. We're pretty doomed. We're, we're pretty doomed, though. Pretty, pretty doomed. doomed. We are doomed. <laughs>